I want you to go to two passages of Scripture tonight. I want you to go to Mark 11, excuse me, Matthew 11, and then James chapter 4. Mark 11 and James chapter 4. I'm really uh, anticipating this con- uh, this Sunday morning and Sunday night uh, as it's very rare that we have the first day of the year being on a Sunday. Uh, it's like every seven years that Christmas happens on the 25th. So y'all got seven years for that happens again. And um, if I'm not mistaken, but also just extraordinarily rare for Christmas to be, I mean, for New Year's to be on the first. And so we're just going to come out fully loaded to um, punch the devil in the throat on Sunday morning. We're not going to we're not going to waste any time to do that, and it's going to be a great day. I'm going to share a few things Sunday morning, and then Sunday night, um, our first Sunday of the 2023 is Sunday night North Georgia Revival, leading up to our fifth anniversary on February the 19th. How many of you are excited about our fifth anniversary? I mean, we only get one of those. We only get one of those, so it's going to be... Uh, fire all day long, but that night especially. I want you to put on your calendar also the 8th of January. January the 8th is when Corey Russell will be here in the evening of the North Georgia Revival. How many of you remember when he spoke last time um, at the, he was here at the Leaders and Pastors Conference in October? Uh, I had never, uh, I heard him preach before, but that night was, was special for us as the North Georgia Revival and Christ Fellowship Church. This man prays 30 to 40 hours a week in complete isolation with the Lord so that when he comes out of the closet, he has something to say that is not of the earthly realm. Jesus spoke with unusual authority. He said things that others said, but Jesus had a weightiness to him because he was in the presence of the Father. He says, what I see my father do, that's what I do. What I hear my father say, that's what I say. And so when you spend 30 to 40 hours in praying in the Holy Ghost, seeking the face of God, he gives direct words to movements and to people. And I'm going to tell you something. I would not miss the first quarter of 2023 any service, any service. Um, Make it a priority and adjust your schedule around the movement of the Holy Spirit. Amen right there? Amen right there? All right? Don't make your life fit into the revival, okay? Or or make the revival fit into your life. You literally fit your life around what the Lord is doing in this hour. It is that important, that important. So that's the 8th of January. You don't want to miss that. He's only going to be here in the evening. I wish... Uh, he could have been here in the morning, but it's only in the evening. So Matthew chapter 11, I want to uh, uh, look at verse 20, and then we're going to read all the way down to verse 30. So these verses, then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. I just want to stop right there. Notice what's happening here. Jesus began to do what? Rebuke the cities. Because he did a lot of miracle signs and wonders, but they did not repent. 
this is why it is important for us to realize that we cannot build the North Georgia revival around miracles. Even to this day, those that, that come to our prayer meetings at any point, we don't spend a lot of time, if any, praying for miracles to happen. You notice that in five years, we don't, we don't come together and, and our focus is miracles. But yet they happen. We've made, or not made that. And at any point that that shifts from him to miracles, then we have misprioritized what God's doing. Now, we love miracles. We want the miracles. The Bible calls them the children's bread. The children's bread. It's appealing to others. It grabs people's attention because they've not seen one, heard about one, or witnessed one, and now all of a sudden they're hearing about it, and so they come and see. And when they come to see, he's after their heart. America will not be saved because of miracles. Jesus, the miracle worker, raised the dead, caused the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the blind eyes open, and yet they still did not repent. God is not after your physical healing. He's after the healing of your heart, of where it goes from being selfish and perhaps self-seeking and appeasing the desires of our flesh to one of repentance before him. He's mad, in a way. He rebukes the cities because he performed miracles and they didn't repent. Year 2023 is going to be the year of brokenness for us, of repentance, of shattering. And that doesn't mean we're going to walk through difficult things to cause that to happen, but there will be an awareness of His presence unlike we have known quite to this point. That the level and intensity of the glory of God will intensify in the house. I feel it in my spirit. I feel the swirling in my heart over the last few days as I've been praying. I've just been hearing and, and sensing that this 2023 is going to be quite unusual. The miracles will, in, will, will be there and they will intensify as well because the more of Him that comes, the more He does what He does. He just simply does what He does. But His ultimate aim is not healed bodies. His ultimate aim are people that repent of their sin and make Jesus first in their life. Does that make, does that make everybody, are you aware? So look at what He says. He began to rebuke the cities in which most of the mighty works Mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Then he said to them, woe to you, woe to you to those two particular cities. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done entirely as repent and cited. I'm going to heal your body, but I want you to repent. But how many of us have known people that have come to the waters and got healed and walked straight out and did what they did prior to their healing? And they got what they, they, got what they came for. And then Jesus is sort of like weeping because you missed the moment. You missed the opportunity. It's like the, the ten lepers. He healed ten. He went and he healed ten. And he was expecting all of them to make a U-turn. 
to repent or to come back. And then he asked the question, where's the other nine? So what's God doing in these waters is extreme. Listen, guys, it's so unusual, so unorthodox. And Karen's going to be sharing more about this in the days to come, especially in Canaan, what we discovered uh, here most recently of what's happening in Jerusalem with water. God is using water as nothing, as, no, I shouldn't say nothing more, but using water as a, uh, as a, a drawing card. We baptized Pastor Marty, 30,000 people right at it. And going on five years. They're not coming to hear a preacher. Because they don't even know who's preaching for the most part. You know what I'm saying? They're not celebrities. They're just coming to the, the, to the water. And the reason he's doing the water is so that when he gets them in there, he can baptize them with Holy Spirit and fire and change their heart. And oh, by the way, there may be a healing. Amen right there. All right, I'm, I'm going somewhere, so stay with me. Verse 21 again, and I love his language. For if the mighty works have been done, and then he says they would have, look at it right there, um, they would have repented long ago in what? Sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it would be more tolerable for Tyrant and Sidon in the day of judgment and then for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. But his focus is on his goodness and his grace. Honoring him. And this is where I'm frightful to a, not in an unhealthy way, but in my spirit that causes anxiousness. And I don't know if anybody else feels this, especially in our leadership. But to recognize the moment of which we are actually in is more than just a series of services that we have. It's not that, oh, it's the Sunday thing or Sunday night, I just need to go, you know, it's revival. What we are encountering, guys, is not just a revival, a service. He is literally demonstrating to us what he did in the book of Acts. Can anybody sense that? In the, in, 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 we are actually seeing the gifts of the Spirit in operation. We are receiving words of knowledge. We are having discernment in the water. We are watching creative miracles take place. Blind eyes open. Cancers shrivel. Tumors dis being dismantled. We have watched everything that you name it. And our church, who's ever 
been a covenant partner of Christ Fellowship from the moment of February 11th of 2018 will receive a very strict and harsh judgment from God on how we stewarded what God has chosen to do in this house and our participation in it. That's why with fear and trembling, People need to make the decision wisely on whether or not to make Christ Fellowship their church home. Now that's hard for me even to say, but let's place ourselves in what Jesus just said. The works that I have done in your midst And then it's optional. Do you hear what I'm saying? Not you guys. Y'all are all great. I'm just telling you from the spirit of our kid that we cannot walk lightly or carelessly in this season because God takes this, this, he takes this seriously. This is no church plaything. There is depth to this because all of us have cried out to see the manifest glory presence of God and the, and the glory of God have we not sometimes Lord I just want to go to church where we see where I can encounter and experience but then we get there sometimes and we realize it's work it's sacrifice well I wasn't counting on that I just wanted to see and to enjoy that's exactly what happened to them, right? I want to see and I want to enjoy it, but I don't want you to ask anything from me. And the Lord says that's not the way this thing works. So 2023 is going to be a year of, of where we take another step forward and go deeper into Him. And the deeper we go into Him, we discover things and realms of Him that we have no idea was even there. Hallelujah. Everybody all right? Okay, now, now it gets better. Okay, that's pretty heavy. It's going to get better. And then Jesus answered and said, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent, and you revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father accept the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. Now listen to verse 28. He says, now come to me. All of you that are labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Is it possible to be in a move of God and be at rest? Is it possible to be in a move of God and have Him place something on you and it not be a burden. You would be, you'd be surprised of sometimes the conversation, well, I just can't. I got my life to do. This is a burden. But God is me he says, my yoke is easy and my 
I'm going to put a burden on you. I'm going to put a burden on you. But sometimes we refuse that burden because it requires hours, our time, our sacrifice. And we go, I can't add another thing to my life. But you have a drowning man who's sinking and his clothes are wet and he's drowning. And you throw him a life preserver. He may be thinking, how can I add another thing to my life that's going to sink me? But the weight that you're sending him is the very thing that's going to save him. But he looks at it, you're throwing something out here at me that's going to weight me down even further. But they don't understand and he doesn't understand that what I'm sending you is life. If you will cling to it, I will renew your strength. Do you hear what I'm saying? And Pastor Marty, a minute, hit it just a moment. What you sow into the kingdom, God gives back to you. But the enemy will say, I can't because. You hear what I'm saying? But the Lord is saying, I'm going, if you will come to me, I'm going to give you rest because my yoke, I'm going to put a yoke on you. I'm going to put something on you and a burden on you, but it's life and not death. But I need you to replace this other that's drowning you to put this on so that you can live. Can I get an amen right there? So, look at what he says next. Take my yoke upon you, give you, and I'll give you rest. Or he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and I am, I love this, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Do you see that? And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's something interesting that Jesus says here. There are 89 chapters in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And of all the 89 chapters, this is the only place that he opens up his chest and he says, this is the core of who I am. Now he says, I'm the door. I'm the light of the world. He said those type of things, but he never revealed his heart. He says, this is who, the, who I am. And he says this, I'm going to give you rest. My burden is light. He says, I need you to take it. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. Everything Jesus does flows from those two words. I am gentle and I am lowly in heart. This is my essence. I respond to every situation from here. Out of your belly shall flow the issues of life. And Jesus says, here's my heart. I am gentle and I am lowly. Now do not mistake that to mean passive, indifferent, unconcerned, 
mushy, unaware, disconnected. Don't mistake that to be, I'll look the other way. I'll not hold you responsible. But he says, everything that I do and I respond to you is from this core. This is my heart that I am gentle and I am lowly. I am kind. I am tender. And I am humble. It amazes me to watch our church family take upon this personification of Jesus in this house. If I've heard it one time, I've heard it a thousand times. I've never met a group of people so kind in all my life. And people's lives are changed because of the representation that you guys are of him, of his heart. We've not sought his gifts. We've not sought fame or notoriety. And no one in this room has said, look at me. Look at us. Because we have sought his face as our priority, we have captured. I am gentle. Do not mistake that. I am humbleness. For the same gentle and lowly individual turned tables upside down, made a whip, and escorted people out of the sanctuary, the temple, because they turned it into something that wasn't what he desired. You hear me? This is powerful for us to grasp as we move into 2023, because there will come opportunities for us to move into, look at us. Because when you go from year one, two, three, four, up to five, you still are a novice to a lot of people. You still are a newbie. But when you hit that fifth year, there's something that happens. They go, we're established. We're not going anywhere. And so pride can set in. Pride will kill any move of God. Right? Pride will kill it. But we have to make sure that we understand that what got us from year one to five is what's going to take us from year five to ten. We stay, we stay broken and we stay yielded. Does this make sense to anybody in the house? Okay? He's gentle and he's lowly. Not arrogant. He's of low degree. I love what James 4 says, and I had you turn there, but look at verse four, uh, verse 6. God opposes the proud, but gives what to the humble? He gives grace to the humble. Look at verse 10, James chapter 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He'll lift you up. Hold your spot there and go to Galatians to the left. You'll come to it right after the book of Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, and then there's Galatians. I want you to look at verse 22. 
fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Humility is not a fruit of the Spirit. Do you see it? Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, love, joy, peace. You, you, you don't find humility. Humility is war. Humility is a choice of the heart and the mind and the spirit, right? It is something that a man or a woman chooses to be. It is something that you and I have to work at. Being filled with the spirit, love comes naturally. It is a byproduct of being spirit-filled. And if you're not careful, being spirit-filled, if not handled correctly, can lead to pride. Humility is not a fruit of the Spirit. Humility is a choice of the human heart. That's why he says, this is why I, I, I try to avoid praying for humility. Now, let me tell you why. He'll answer that prayer and cause you to be in situations that will humble you. Your Bible teaches us not to pray that way. The Bible teaches us to humble yourself. You make the choice to humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord. You, you don't want the Lord to have to humble you. You want to be in a state of continual brokenness before the Lord and stay in a place of humility. That when pride creeps in, you go, I recognize that. That doesn't smell right. It doesn't pass the smell test. I'm sensing some things in my heart that are not right. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit entitled, a little bit arrogant, a little bit boastful, you know. And so I, you have to recognize that. And then you go, Lord, I repent of that. And I humble myself under your mighty hand. I was having a conversation with Leonard Ravenhill's son, David Ravenhill, a couple of weeks ago. And, and, he, and he wrote the book, Surviving the Anointing, which is a book I, I recommend that every leader reads, um, Surviving the Anointing. He goes on in this book and says, whenever the anointing comes, very few men and women survive it. If you study history, whenever there are usually great moves of God in some capacity in a local church or an evangelist or so forth, very few survive it. I'll give you an example, and I, and I have to run here because I've got to close it down. But y'all remember the Jimmy Swagger and the, um, the um, Dr. Gormans, um, Mark Gorman, you know, Mark, he's a friend of ours, Mark, what's his, what's his dad's name? Marvin Gorman. Marvin Gorman and Jimmy Swaggart were in this battle in Louisiana. Marvin Gorman was um, pastoring the largest probably church in the Assemblies of God. Jimmy Swaggart was in the same town. They got competitive. All right. And Marvin had an affair with a secretary. Largest church in the world. Well, not in the world, but largest church in Louisiana at the time. Probably one of the first mega churches. 
Well, somehow Jimmy Swaggart exposed it. Then Marvin exposed Jimmy Swaggart still. That's how all that happened, just jealousy and competition with one another. And I asked Mark, his son, I said, how did it happen? I want to know why your dad had an affair with the secretary. And he says, there came a time when my dad was a humble man. But when he began to grow, he said he had a spirit of entitlement. He used to go buy his suits at a certain place. But when he hit a, level, a certain level of notoriety, the suit makers came to him and measured him in his office and customized his suits. He said people just began to serve him. And so, out of respect, they served the anointing. But if you don't know how to handle that, it can go to your head and your heart and you think, well, I'm the best thing that's ever happened. And then you look for others to serve you. And then you look at other men's wives as an opportunity to serve you as well. I give my life to the Lord. I'm entitled to this. So he wrote this book, David Ravenhill, on surviving the anointing. And he gives example after example of men of God and women of God that were used but could not survive it. It destroyed them. And he said something, Pastor Marty, in his book, and, and, and we were having this conversation that just wrecked me. He said, Todd, the last thing that will leave your life is pride. You have to be brutal. To re you have to be protective. And you have to be aware. You start from nothing and you become something and all of a sudden you become a little arrogant. You want somebody else to wash your car, pump your gas, get your coffee. Never forget we all started drinking coffee out of a styrofoam cup. That's who we are. We should never forget that. The moment that we do, we give place to the devil. And he'll take an inch, three inches, six inches. I had a conversation this, this afternoon with a gentleman. And, he was and I was talking to him about this. I said, here's the sequence. And I was talking to him about how God was going to use him. In, in big ways, internationally and so forth. I was talking to him and I said, here's what you do. You come from the dirt. And you spend just enough time in the light. And you do the Father's bidding. And then you get back to the dirt as quick as you can. Because your gift will make room for you. Your gift will bring you before great men. God has given many of you communication skills and giftings that will bring you before great men. Your business prowess, your education, your ability to think, to be quick, to be uh, on top of things. You're a great leader. You're a high-capacity leader. God's going to bring you before great men. But don't let that be your downfall. Come to the top. And as soon as it's over, find your place back under the hand of God or into the dirt.
Psalm 119, 25. Oh God, I am in the dust. Would you revive my heart? I looked at the fellow and I said, make sure there's dirt on your face. As long as Christ's fellowship understands this, that everything that happens in that water wasn't because of any individual, but because of a desire to know him and his face. And that however he uses you there or out there or in here, and as long as we are available and broken before him, there will be no end, no end to this revival. In Jesus' name. Yeah, there'll be no end to it. All right, stand to your feet. So we're going to pace ourselves for the next five years. Find your rhythm. Do you hear me? Find your rhythm. And connect at that place. Find your rhythm. All right. Praise the Lord. Two things before we go. Uh, Pastor Andy is probably in Israel now or close to it. They just landed in Israel. She's going to be ministering. We need to pray for her. Um, Dan Beasley texted me today. You remember the gentleman that carries the cross. Uh, we'll be with Kurt Cameron tomorrow. Um, now, Kurt doesn't know this, but Dan knows this. But there's a big controversy, as you guys know, about the, the reading, having public readings in public libraries. You know, they're having the transgender readings. Okay, and then they're saying, well, you can't read the Bible or do a Bible story, but we can do this. Well, the court ruling is that now they can, and so there's going to be a great controversy tomorrow. All right, a lot of conflict probably surrounding that. A lot of cameras. Dan's going to be, he texts me, he said, I feel the Lord's leading me to go and to just to hold the cross outside the building. I want y'all to know that you, you supported that when we gave that offer, and y'all remember that. Y'all supported that. And that's allowing him to go with hotels and everything. And, and this, this is you guys. So we're going to pray for Dan. We're going to pray for Pastor Andy. Anything else we need to pray for? Our women's conference. Unusually, unusual, unusual, Karen. Unusual. Unusual. It's going to be so unusual. Men, I... I I invite all the men to come too, but you're going to stand in the back. No, I didn't do that publicly, did I? It's going to be that good. Or go into a room and pray. So let's pray for Pastor Andy. Father, I thank you that you're going to protect her as she goes. And, and Lord, as she's uh, doing your business, uh, Lord, you've given her incredible gifts. Uh, thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak through her. You're going to encourage her. You're going to show her some things about yourself. We bless what you're going to... Uh, Give her the opportunity to do. Fill her with the Holy Spirit. Give her protection, her body, her physical, Lord. May it not be so. Your hand be heavily upon her. Lord, we pray for our friend Dan. Little God, that you would be with him. And that as he stands out outside with that cross, Lord, may we all throughout the day just lift up Dan Beasley to guard him and his loved ones. And may the cross shine bright. May the cross shine bright. May the love of God, that gentle and lowly, yeah, 
bids men and women to come. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Women's conference, unusual. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Speaking of women's conference, only 89 spots available. Okay, we're three weeks out, 89. So if you haven't registered, you need to do it. All right, I'll see you Sunday, Saturday night at prayer. Men, uh, ladies, if you want to help moving the signs and things, uh, Karen, where do they need to go? Who's going to be the contact? Paula Joe. Paula Joe's right out here, so if you guys can help, that would be great. Thank you, guys. I'll see you Saturday night at 6 o'clock.